This reminds me of my first experience in radio was back in the early 80s. People with disability and mental health. There's always controversy with us. The mysteries of the mind and consciousness. And we might get to the bottom of something or we might start something new. We're going to run the gamut and we're going to have a good time. Waking Braves. No, not Waking Braves. We're Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves? Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves. All right, folks. You are listening to Breaking Waves. I'm Riley. And I'm John. And we're bringing you more travel stories this week. Tales from faraway places. That's right. And or not so far away yeah, this week. Fairly reasonably easy to get to destination. That being Katoomba in the Blue Mountains. A getaway for Sydney folk. Yeah, a long-standing one, you know, uh, before people were hopping on planes to Bali that was just like easy, easy access. Um, and it's certainly a place that John and I have been to more than any of our other travels together. And we both have a childhood connection to it as well, Katoomba. Right, John? Yes, when I was a little kid, my parents used to love to take us to Katoomba where we would stay in little cottages and enjoy the freezing weather. Now the Katoomba air is meant to have like something of a restorative effect. I know that um, for me personally I find, because I go to the mountains quite a lot because uh, I do dog sitting there, have friends there and um, and also to stay w- with John and and I do come away from it feeling very refreshed and rejuvenated and eagerly anticipating the next uh, the next trip. What about you, John? Yes, it's definitely um, beautiful, clean air up there in yeah. the mountains. And um, at the turn of the 20th century, there were a lot of health spas that popped up all over the world mm. where people would uh, go and convalesce. It was quite a craze, wasn't it? Yeah. To get out of the hustle and bustle of their lives. Um, the Hydro Majestic is one hotel up there yeah. that we haven't been to. Um, actually, I went there, I worked there many years ago when it was still falling apart. Um, that's been renovated. But this time we went mm. further up the mountain to Katoomba. Yeah, yeah, so. The place, yeah, the Hydra is a great spot um, as well. I haven't been there since I was a kid, but the place that John and I like to go to is called the Carrington. And um, it was actually, it wasn't wasn't the first place that we stayed in, but we stayed there on our first um, trip away together almost three years ago now. Yes, Katoomba is a big uh, tourist attraction now. There's a big ca- uh, cable car that goes down into the uh, the bush there and there's a lot of scenic walks that you can go on. Yeah, so you've got, of course, like the, the Three Sisters and and plenty of um, good bush walks that you can do. Spectacular look out there. I guess it's one of the big uh, shopping districts of the mountains because you've got, you know, your your shopping centres and that. You've got a cinema all the the rows of restaurants, antique stores and everything. Um, I like to go there and pick up old 
secondhand books, and I've certainly found a lot of treasures in my uh, in my many travels to the mountains. So this has been, uh, this was the third time that we've stayed at the Carrington, uh, was, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago now, and it's, uh, it's really a terrific spot. Um, we're going to get into talking about the history of the building, because it's quite grand and old. Yeah, and it's had some um, uh, refurbishments refurbishments yeah that's a word <laughs> yeah, yeah. since it was first built right um, since it built yeah in fact when it was first built uh katoomba had just only just been named katoomba uh, according to my research 1877 was when katoomba uh changed uh, from the crusher um, there was a train station there um, and it called the Crusher, and the Crusher referred to a, uh, what do you call it, a quarry where they used mm. to uh, mine sandstone for the railway. Now, the railway was built in the 1850s um, when the gold was disco- discovered in the Bathurst region, mm-hmm. um, and there was a stop at Katoomba called the Crusher. But there was not a lot of people living there. And I think when uh, the gentleman came from Queensland, I believe, his name was Harry Rowell. And he built a hotel he called the Great Western Hotel, which was the Carrington under another name. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, it took him about a year to build it, apparently, in 1883. Um, And it... He ran it for about, uh, well, only about five years, and it was bought by another gentleman called um, Mr. Goyler, uh, who became the Lord Mayor of Katoomba eventually, and he renovated it, and um, to mainly to attract the uh, Sydney folk mm. as a getaway, and he promoted it very successfully, and Katoomba. Um, grew rapidly around this period. So, would you say that um, this building is like kind of one of the the main kind of centerpieces of this town? It was like, so when it was built, is so it goes, you know. So the story goes, this sort of rest of the town uh, sort of came after that. Is well, that- that's how the story goes. I remember. Um, the first time we stayed there, the, there's lots of pictures around the hotel, uh, period pictures, drawings, uh, newspaper right. clippings. Of the old uh, guard, so forth. Yeah, and I remember reading that um, that Mr. Harry Rowell came from Queensland and he was a squatter. So I guess he was... Um, a very successful squatter. He must have squatted on a lot of land and then sold it. Um, came down to New South Wales and built this hotel at the Crusher.
So much of our enjoyment of this place is the way that it looks, and uh, I think there's personally there's a great charm in the creaking floors and the rickety old elevator and the thumps and the noises at night. Yes, it's a real time capsule. Can we take a moment to um, talk about that lift that they have, John? You're a mechanical. You're more of a engineer kind of guy. So just explain to people what, like how the old technology of this, um, how it works, you know. There's probably not a lot of these lifts left um, in Sydney. They're the old kind that weren't controlled by computers. They were analog devices and they had switches and um, a certain kind of intelligence. Um, But they did require... um, more interaction than these days where you just uh, walk in and press a button. They, you have to, like, pull the door open and there are those wonderful sort of um, metal um, concertina-type doors mm. that you pull open. And um, it's a beautiful, um, ornate... Um, it had gold, gold-plated uh, grills on the inside, and um, like stepping into the Doctor's TARDIS, sort of, uh, from Doctor Who. It's kind of like you're just waiting for the bellboy to, you know, usher you in. And yes, and in fact, I remember going to Grace Brothers and mm. David Jones in the city, which uh, back when I was a kid, and in fact, into the. 70s, possibly even into the 80s, they used to have lift drivers who used to yeah. announce the haberdashery yeah. and men's, uh, just like, out of, are you being served? Mm. Um, Which was, of course, Grace Brothers in that show, but a, a fictional, you know, version or like not related to Australia, what became, um, you know. David Jones. So I guess this the lift at the Carrington actually is is a high tech compared to those ones that require a driver because you, there is a button that you press, but yeah. you still have to open the doors and stuff. And the first time we got in it, it uh, refused to move until I. Um, well, it started moving eventually. I had to use my wizard skills <laughs> to, to get it to move. Um, I guess that the purpose of one of those drivers would be to open the door for you yeah they were all manual back then the lifts you had to, they needed a driver mm. and there's also uh, still right opposite the lift there's the there's a funny little um sort of room and it has uh, a whole lot of bells in it and I think there were wires going to all the rooms and when you wanted to call um, room service uh, you would pull on a little lever and it would ring a bell down in this room and the, the person would respond um, and they've left a lot of that, those kinds of bits and pieces in the hotel the um, original um, water faucets um, they have got displays of those around the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, in fact, when it was first built, there were no uh, bathrooms, um, ensuite bathrooms in any of the it rooms. It was all outdoor plumbing, was it? Uh, sh- I suppose they would have done it with shared, but there would have been shared bathrooms that they built. 
but the hotel itself wasn't built with bathrooms in it, just like the palace in Versailles, strangely enough. Um, but they were retrofitted um, to attract um, the aristocracy from Sydney and Australia, and in fact there were a lot of royals stayed there in uh, just after the turn of the century, the Duchess of York... Um, and uh, I believe even the king stayed there Um, and it was at that point of time that they retrofitted the bathrooms and did some more renovations Um, but it's been through uh, various phases of uh, restoration and rebuilding over the years Mm. Mm. it's a huge hotel Uh, it's quite large yeah it is so while uh while John and I were there, we explored. We didn't. One of our favorite places to go, which we didn't actually go to last time, was there's this smoking room. Oh, it's you can't actually smoke there, but it's. I'm sure you could back oh, in the yeah. day. That would have been smoky cigars mm. in front of the fireplace. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the first time we, we went there, I spent most of my time in, in front of the fireplace. That's right. Uh, drinking uh, coffee and reading and uh, drawing pictures. And we also did quite a lot of sightseeing on that first trip. My, my health was a lot better then. Um, and we did a lot of walking around. We did a lot of walks. And actually on that first trip, I was in a um, photographic phase. So I had my new Fujifilm camera. And I took a lot of pictures on that first trip. Um, they've had slightly different focuses at different times we've been there, hey? Yeah, remember we saw the UFO? Indeed, yeah. I do. <laughs> we were at the Three Sisters. Yeah, and, and it was daytime. It was daytime. Which is kind of weird because, like, normally it's a, you see them at night, but... um. It was like, what would you describe it? It was like a big, like floating, like a telepath, like a, like a floating, um, like thing for a, a spaceship to land on or something like one well, of those. It, it did look like a solid object yeah. rather than a, a whiff of smoke or a, a shadow or anything like that. It looked like a solid object and it was uh, quite close to where the sun was. So it was difficult to look at, but it didn't, it wasn't moving like a plane. Um, I think I got photos of it. Well, we'll have to dredge those up. That was kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, th- and why did you choose uh, Katoomba for our first trip? Can you remember f- that far back, 2019? Because that was the first um, of these that we did. I think it was my memory of those childhood trips with the family. Mm. Um. I remember the fireplaces, I remember the freezing cold, and in fact, I don't like the cold. I'm not attracted to the cold at all, but I have been that, um, drawn back to the mountains for other reasons. I, I love fog and mist, and at certain times, and in fact, even um, I can remember wishing for snow, Last for the first couple of times we mm. went, we went in winter in the hope that perhaps there might be some snow around somewhere. But alas! So while we're on the subject of mountains, let's hear some mountain music, eh, from the Appalachians. One, two. 
That was Tatiana Hargraves 
with Ain't No Whiskey in This Town. Yes, and, well, I don't know about whiskey, but there was certainly a lot of beer at the Carrington because, in fact, they have a brewery there. That's right, a brewery, and not only that, but there's also a gig space where, on our most recent trip, we had the pleasure of catching Jordan Shanks, the moniker of Friendly Geordies, who's a very popular Aussie comedian known for his YouTube channel. And he was doing a performance called Rome, where he was basically tying in like Rome and Julius Caesar and relating it to uh, modern politics. And with his usual, you know, blend of impressions and clips and, you know, similar to what he does on his channel, if anyone's familiar, or he's definitely worth checking out as well. Very political. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, and it was a great venue too. It's um, in the same uh, style as the hotel. It's um, only a small room, probably seats, I don't know, maybe 100 people, and it's got a bar at the back, mm. and it's really great room for cabaret or comedy. Um, yeah. I've also seen Zoe Caridis in the Nancy Sinatra Lee Hazelwood experience in that same venue and it's definitely a good yeah space for live entertainment um now the first time we went to Katoomba I was dogless um and just for the listener I'm vision impaired to the extent of legal blindness um and I've got a seeing eye dog now named Ivy um but before that... Before that, I had a dog named Angie, and she passed away, and I was without a dog for about a year, and that's when we did our first trip. And the second time we went, I just got Ivy, and that was a great experience for her. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she comes from Melbourne, which is probably used to the cold, and she was much younger then. Now, the listener might be interested in how easy it is to actually travel with a dog... And we've had a bit of an experience with that. Um, the Carrington were great, right, Riley? Totally accommodating. In fact, didn't we forget to tell them to start with? No, it's no drama, no issue, which is great. There wasn't any discomfort in organising for her to be there and everything. And Ivy just likes, you know, flopping around in the room. She's pretty chill. But one of the things that she did that was funny was that because this time when we went, they had this beer garden which is attached to the pub next door and ivy she was hanging out there with us we'd been out there for a while yeah and the sun was going down it was starting to get that was the, was it the first night we were there and it was mm. actually the cut anyway it was starting to get pretty cold yeah, and we were making our way back to the hotel and then i said hang on john come look at this and we doubled back to go and check out that gig space and that's when ivy started protesting <laughs> She started whining and squealing. Yeah, wanting to go back inside because she's a delicate little creature, you know. Well, that's what we figured it must be. She just didn't like the cold and she's going, come on, let's get out. Let's get back in front of the fireplace. Yeah, just uh, just like her owner. <laughs> As I mentioned before, you can get lost in the Carrington. It's big enough, right, Riley? Got everything you need. You could, if you're rich enough, you could live there. And they've got this big grand dining room where we have dinner at least one of the nights that we go there. And quite a nice restaurant menu. 
service, mm. quite upmarket. Yes, it's got beautiful architecture, doesn't it, John? <laughs> well, it's got some. It's got a kind of mix of things. It's got these big Roman pillars around the place. I'm not sure whether that dining room is the elephant room. I did read about a room there called the Elephant Room, which was built um, just after the turn of the century when they remodelled it at one stage. Uh, but there's a lot of stained glass. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, another thing I remember reading on the wall was in fact that a sculpture used to be there underneath the dome, which was a homage to Nikola Tesla. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the dome's still there. Um, the statue isn't anymore. But there's some, uh, yeah, great stained glass and you know a lot of that really old architecture that you find in the old colonial buildings. Um, it's, in fact, a brick building. Um, it's rendered brick, most of it, but a lot of wood. It creaks a lot, as we mentioned before, when you walk around. It's like um, when you lie there at night, it's like all these creaks and mm. groans as the building speaks to you. That's right. I personally love that atmosphere. It's a great way, It's a great environment in which to just while away the hours on a cold day. And in fact, one of the things we did this time is play uh, ghost stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seemed very fitting with the with the environment, with the weather. You know, we had some fog on the first night which was fantastic atmosphere to it so yeah we like the audio books because it's kind of it's a shared uh, book experience which is a bit different from reading a book yourself yeah the um there's a youtube channel that we listen to called nature's templar which has a lot of like indie horror stuff uh kind of if you're familiar with like creepy pastors uh it's in the style of those independently uh, produced pieces of fiction, and they got a good range of, of content on there. Yeah, Na- and Nature's uh, Templar. I'm a big fan of um, of those kinds of audio books, and in fact, my my computer speaks to me, so I deal with a lot of printed uh, text through various programs that speak. Well, it's the oldest tradition of storytelling, oral storytelling. So if you can get into that, that's pretty cool. Now, a new piece of information I found out when we went on this trip was that Katoomba housed a power station, which was built on the back of the hotel, which there may be some connection there to the the, Tesla Tesla, um, tribute and the owner's interest in Tesla. And then I find out that, um, of course, Nikola Tesla was a historical figure who lived in the late 1800s, lived up to about 1943, I think, when he died. And he invented a lot of our uh, electrical devices that we have now, motors. Um, He worked on the AC power system at Niagara Falls for Westinghouse. He worked for Edison when he first uh, went to America. So he's a very important figure in America history and um, the history of electricity. And it's just interesting that the um, the Carrington was the source of electricity for the whole Katoomba region. So you're really staying at the hub, you know, the ultimate sort of spot in Katoomba if you go to the Carrington. Yes, we recommend the Carrington to all travellers who want to experience something from the past. It's by no means a brand new hotel, is it, Riley? No, it's definitely 
preserved in that old way. And that's its charm, really. Yeah, if if you're into that, if you're someone who wants everything slick and modern, you know, then perhaps it's not for you. But, I mean, we've gone there that many times that I managed to score a discount on this occasion because they remembered me, they recognized my name in the system, and... And they have beautiful bathrooms. <laughs> I remember when I got there, the bathroom was so warm and, and, and lovely. I thought, well, I can sleep in here if the room gets too cold. And the heating, the water heating, right? Yes, yeah, they have the, yeah. uh, the old school uh, boiler-driven heaters along the walls, which are almost vanished from buildings these days. Made me think of The Shining. Well, all right, folks. That about covers our second travel tale. We'll be back next week on Breaking Waves. Same time, same place. See you then. Ta-ta for now. Bye-bye. Listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au. I would like to reach out my Oh, boy. 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 O